Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Pugar. And we've got quite a lot to talk about, despite Penn State football being done. Uh, obviously, we'll get to basketball here in a bit. But there were there was a little bit of news out of Penn State football camp today. Uh, Jason Oway, defensive end for the Nittany Lions this year, has opted to declare for the NFL draft uh, in 2021, surpassing his final years of eligibility with the Nittany Lions. Uh, and that comes as no surprise, I, I don't think, with the way that some things were going. Um, now, and we'll, and we'll get to the ramifications of the pro- on, on the program itself in a couple minutes here. But, you know, OA was a, was a force on the edge for the Nittany Lions. He had 38 tackles. Now, he didn't manage very many sacks. If, and, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, he didn't have any in 2020. But... You know, he, he recorded tackles in five games. Now, he was limited um, at times by injury. Um, his best two games came back-to-back weeks against Maryland and Nebraska, both losses uh, for the Nittany Lions, where he had 10 tackles against Maryland and nine against Nebraska. Um, so, you know, you have s- different things like that. Um, and is he probably ready for the draft? I mean, he's probably going to be a late first-round, early second-round pick. Um Based on skill set and physical gifts alone, he's going to test well at the combine. He's going to test well at pro day. How in whatever way that those kind of exist this year, um, he's he's a very any type of athlete that comes out of Penn State in recent memory has tested very well. It's boosted their draft stock quite a bit, and I think we're going to get that from from OA um, this year as well. And He's going to be ready. I think he, he projects well as a, as a defensive end um, at the next level. So I think it's going to be important to see that that growth and that transition to the NFL. Um, he is, he's going to be one of those guys, I think, that can play right away. I don't think he's going to be an every down defensive end at the next level right away. But I do think that he's going to, get down, he's going to be in there um, on certain situations and probably passing downs as well. Um, when he gets to that uh, that NFL level, now what does that do to Penn State? Um, it, obviously, it's a it's a gap it's a gap that they'll need to fill. Um, Adisa Isaac is going to be a name that you're going to want to remember. I think that's going to be the the immediate guy that that comes in and fills in for um, for OA next year. But like James Franklin said after. After the Illinois game, they're going to be active in the transfer portal looking for defensive linemen. Now, obviously, along the edge, if you lose a Shaka Tony and you lose to to graduation, he's already accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Um, so if you lose a guy like Shaka Tony and Jason Owe, your, your elite edge rushers that you had in 2020 are now gone. So you've got to have guys that are that are able to step up. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that uh, moving forward. But I think, you know, like James Franklin said, they're going to be active in the transfer portal, which is something that we really haven't seen from Penn State in in recent memory or, or at all since the transfer portal really began. Um, like I said, I think always going to be a, a, a key cog for any team that gets them. I think, you know, you look at a guy like Yutzer Grossmatos, um, who played significantly for for Carolina? Now I don't believe that OA is that that talented or as talented as Gross Matos was uh, with the Nittany Lions. But like I said, I think he projects very well at the next level. 
Um, and, and like I said, Yeter played rather consistently when healthy uh, for Carolina this year. So I think it's going to be important to to see how Owe develops over the offseason and going into the draft because I think it, he's going to test well. I, I don't think there are any questions about that. Um, just because nothing that the that the Nittany Lions have done under performance coach Dwight Galt has proven otherwise. Every every athlete that comes out of Penn State, you take it like a like a Troy Apke uh, a couple of years ago, parlayed his performance in the combine and in, in one of the Senior Bowls to um, to being drafted by the Redskins and and being a starter at, at one point or another throughout his um, his career. So. I think, like I said, Jason O.A. is gonna gonna play at the next level. He's gonna play significantly, I think, um, next year. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they choose to fill it in. I think, um, you know, looking at the Penn State roster, like I said, Adisa Isaac is going to be a guy that you look to to fill in for O.A. I think that would be the first bet, and he played pretty well this year um, in O.A.'s absence. So I think that's going to be huge as well. But like I said, I, I think it's going to be an opportunity that these guys are going to be young. And now we're getting to a point where they've all been under John Scott, um, who's the new offensive line coach. And once you get guys that are under the same coach for multiple years, they're going to buy in just a little bit more. And I think that's going to be huge um, moving forward because obviously a lot of these guys were under um, – we're under Sean Spencer, who's now the defensive line coach with the New York Giants. So now we're, we're getting guys with going into John Scott's second year. We're getting a lot of guys and a lot of turnover at the defensive line position. Good, bad, or indifferent, we, are, we obviously don't know. But I would not be surprised if this is the first of many, uh, many changes along the defensive front for for the Nittany Lions moving forward. But I do think Adisa Isaac is going to be the guy that that takes Owe's place. Um he had a really good 2020 in my opinion. Um in in playing sparingly, he did get in all 9 games. Um accumulated 13 tackles, uh, one and a half tackles for loss, um and ha- and one and a half sacks. So I think that coming from uh, a person of that stature, uh, a soft, a true sophomore, who Penn State will get back next year as a sophomore, um, I think is huge. So that growth, I think, is important. But how they how they put this this offensive line or defensive line, I'm sorry, together, I think is going to be huge moving forward. Uh, we're going to see a lot of different different looks. You know, with with the loss of Shane Simmons and Antonio Shelton earlier in the week to. Um, with Shelton to grad transfer and Simmons to the business world uh, rather than come back. It's going to be a situation where you see you see guys that you wouldn't expect. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a Nick Tarburton got an opportunity. Uh, you know, so this, is, this seems like it would be the perfect opportunity for a guy like that to, to kind of step up now that a couple guys have gone through. So he's a red shirt sophomore coming back next year. It's and like I said, they're going to be getting some some other options in the transfer market. Um it'll be very interesting to see how they 
how they handle that moving forward um, because they really hasn't been that big of a thing. I think the biggest player that they've gotten through the transfer portal has been Jordan Stout, um, their kicker. So it'll be interesting to see how James Franklin and his staff really go through that and really see where they can kind of develop those relationships moving forward and see how they can get some of those guys into um, into Happy Valley. I think another guy to to look at would be Smith Vilbert. Uh, he's a 6'6", 251-pound defensive end. I think he would be the, the most likely to line up a, out across, or not across, but opposite of um, of Adisa Isaac, and he had a, a pretty solid um, first year, first type of playing experience um, for the Nittany Lions as well. He played in four games, notching one tackle, but played um, played against Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Illinois. So it wasn't that he got a lot of playing time, but the times that he was on the field, I thought that he did make his his presence known. As well. Now he did play sparingly in 2019, playing in two games, got the red shirt, and now he's a red shirt freshman going into next season. So, how Penn State handles that, I think, is going to be um, found in the in the transfer market. Uh, but I think they're also in a good position where they can now get guys under John Scott and get him get themselves ready to go. Uh, for the 2021 season, even with a young and inexperienced defensive line. Now, football is done, but let's get on, on to basketball. And basketball had quite um, quite a game against Illinois the other night. And it was, <laughs> watching Penn State basketball and watching Penn State football, they're kind of like polar opposites of each other. Whereas Penn State basketball starts hot and falls off at the end. Penn State football starts a game off and then finishes strong. So if they could really just combine themselves, I think that would be a, a great opportunity for both programs. However, that's not the case. But it, it's just one of those things where, you know, Penn State's a young team. They don't really have a lot of help down low. And interim coach Jim Ferry, you know, gets he gets the most out of what they have. Now, Penn State's issue on, on Wednesday night wasn't, Offense, they scored 81 points. They gave up 98 points. Um, their defense was non-existent um, for those of you that weren't able to watch. Now, don't get me wrong. Illinois is the 18th ranked team in the country. Illinois is a good basketball team, and they still haven't figured it out yet defensively. And I think when they do, Illinois is going to be in the top, in the top 10, top 5 of the country as the season rolls on. Now, at this point, you know, it's it's a situation where those teams, you know, we're still early in the season. Uh, Penn State's gotten six games. Illinois played nine. So it, it's going to be one of those types of deals. Now, they, Illinois has a couple of the best big men, or has one of the best big men in the country in Kofi Coburn, and he got real hot real early, uh, scoring double digits early in the game. Now, Penn State... They got out to a 19 to 4 lead at one point. However, they did they managed to lose the game by 17, which is crazy to put your your mind around. And and with guys like Coburn and and you know, and and AO Donsomu, that's going to happen. You know, Donsomu scored 21 of his 30 points in the second half to 
to take down Penn State 98 to 81 the other night. Now, he's one of the best guards in the country, and he does it in a bunch of different ways. He's and he's going to be one of those guys that that goes on to the next level. Um and has success. The same thing with with Coburn. He's he's a seven foot big man from Jamaica, and he plays incredibly well down low. Uh, he scored twenty three points, and sixteen or eighteen of those came in the first half. You know where this game was really, really changed um, was on the foul line, and Penn State just did not have very many opportunities to get to the line at all. They had seven free throws. Um, on the night, and two of them came on a on a technical foul from Dossimu at the end of the game, where there was a scuffle at midcourt. He gets ejected, um, and then Myron Jones goes and airballs the first end of the lay, uh, the first end of the two shots, makes the second um, to cut the lead to seventeen. Meanwhile, Illinois had twenty eight opportunities from the foul line. Um, 20, they made 23 of those. They shot 82%. And they also dominated the, the glass 30, with 36 rebounds to Penn State's 25. So, you know, when you have situations like that, it's, it's, a, it's not going to end up successful for Penn State moving forward. Now, the, Penn State has some of the best guards in the game with Myron Jones, Miles um, Dredd. You know, they have the opportunity to, to have those guys um, – Get big time minutes, big time games. Now they they had Myron Jones, Isaiah Brockington scoring, um, scored twenty one points apiece. But after that, you only you have Miles Dread, uh, Sam Sessoms with ten and twelve points apiece, and you're not getting a lot out of your forwards. Now when you're going against guys like Coburn, it's not going to be easy. But you know they 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 did rather well. You have Seth Lundy with with six points. So Penn State's got to start playing defense. You know, they haven't really put together a complete game. They get up, and then they and then the teams get right back into it. I don't know if it's kind of a lack of – it's definitely not a lack of effort per se, but it's it's got to be something that's rectified um, going forward. But it, it, it's Jim Ferry has done a good job so far keeping a team afloat when really there's a lot working against the Nittany Lions moving forward. You know, they still have – a lot of players still have personal relationships with Pat Chambers, which I think is, I don't, I, it's not a good or a bad thing, but it, it has the oper- the potential to be really, really awkward for those guys, um, you know, that are still on the team and, and still on the coaching staff. Now these are guys that Chambers hired, um, so the the personal connections are always are are, are forever going to be there. And this is the first opportunity that I've really gotten to to watch Penn State basketball uh, this season and really focus on it. And it was very interesting that they really um, they really hammered home the the point that Jim Ferry is the interim head coach. So I'm really thinking that that no matter what happens in Happy Valley this year, basketball wise, he could lead them to a national championship, which I don't foresee happening ever at Penn State. But anything is possible. That you know they. Are um, there? It's not looking like Jim Ferry will be back as a head coach of the Nittany Lions next year. I think they're going to go out and try to find somebody. Um, but who's Penn State going to be able to haul in as a basketball coach? How much effort do they want to put into their basketball program? Because if you want somebody that's going to be good and build a program, 
You know, do you want somebody that's a lesser known type of guy or do you want somebody that's known that can build a program that you're going to pay them the money and they're going to go and do this? So I think that's something that Penn State has to really find within themselves what they want to do. But, you know, until then, um, it's Jim Ferry's program and and it's up to him to to get these guys back to March Madness like they were last year in the shortened season. Uh, They've got Indiana coming up on the 30th. Uh, at Assembly Hall, they've got a Wisconsin. They're hosting Wisconsin uh, after the new year on the third. Wisconsin's currently the ninth-ranked team in the country. And then they've also got to go to Ohio State right there as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Nittany Lions navigate this tough stretch. The Big Ten is is one of the most um, competitive conferences in college basketball this year. You know, you've got – over half or half of the Big Ten is ranked. You've got Michigan at 19. You've got Wisconsin at 9. Rutgers at 11. Illinois at 18. Um, Iowa at 4. Ohio State at 23. And Michigan State at 12. So this is going to be a gauntlet for the Nittany Lions moving forward. And how can they, how can they handle it? How can they brave off that storm? And I'm not sure how they're going to do it with just essentially a bunch of guards and, and without a strong game down low. Now, I think that they have the potential to make to make a run. They can they can shoot with the best of them, and offense is, has never been an issue with any type of Jim Ferry team, whether he was at Duquesne, whether he was at LIU Brooklyn. That's never been an issue. But when they start to play a complete game, I think they could be a team that really makes a run. I don't think they're going to be as good as the Michigan States or the Illinois this year, but I think they could really start to make a run and make an impact in the conference and really kind of turn some heads because I don't think a lot of people expect a lot from them. But they're going to play these teams close, and, and if they can start to figure it out defensively and, and play those complete games, that complementary basketball, like we co- talked about complementary football for the football team, if they can play complementary basketball, I think they have the opportunity to turn some heads and do some uh, do some damage in the Big Ten tournament should they be able to get there and then we will go from there but thank you as always for listening i will talk to you soon and hope you have a safe and healthy weekend Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.